been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. To the God Whisperers, I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. You're listening to the dulcet town sounds of Lemaker. This is the Swirlitzer hoedown the on the Swir- mighty <laughs> GW Wurlitzer. <laughs> That's music. I'm telling you right uh, now. Ah, get a life, man. <laughs> really. This is also this is known for the also also known for the Chris Lemker. Uh, Jesus is a friend of mine. Ringtones. Limker. Lemker. 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 You said Lemker. I don't know. I'm an idiot. He doesn't care. I, who, I, you and you should see what they do to my name. <laughs> <laughs> you should see what they do to my name. Well, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you want to call us, we've got a call today on the God Whisperers hotline, but if you want to join in on the fun and frolicking, area code 626-593-7713 or Manly Doctors 13. Bill, what about email and all that? Uh, Godwhispers at gmail.com, and we'll be going to the GW mailbag shortly. And also the mothership, the, uh, the, the main site, the place where it all happens, ground zero of this, this madness. Godwhispers.com or .org. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Facebook. We tweet. We twit. We, I mean, we're just all over the place. You are a twit. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we're, we're accumulating a lot of, uh, of Twitter followers. You know, I, I just realized today how famous we really are getting. I mean, first of all, we're in the Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary and the Dictionary of Slang. And the dictionary of slang too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah wow, yeah, I had yeah. no idea. So we're. But today, on my way over to Hacienda Heights to record this, I'm driving <laughs> along. There's a big van that comes next to me, and someone graffitied on the side of it GW. Yeah, there it is. Huge letters, that, like like five foot letters. That that's got to go up on the website. <laughs> I got a picture of it on my cell phone, so I'll post it. But uh, you know, I, I realize we're getting around when you start seeing it graffitied places. You know. It's, it's almost like Kilray was here except ah. us. Now, uh, we should give props to um, the official GW organist, uh, Chris Lemker, uh, of Higher Things fame, among other things. He is um, a truly gifted and bizarre man. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He's extremely <laughs> talented. Uh, uh, and and uh, this, this uh, episode of The God Whispers, we'll be introducing a new feature of, of what, what we like to call... Devout desecrations, yes, or uh, the the hymn stylings of Chris Lemker at the mighty GW Wurlitzer, and uh, he's going to be. Um, what are you staring at there? Mind your own business. 
he's adjusting the gain. A little more gain. No, you needed more gain. I, I think you're drowning me out. Uh, that happens all the time. Yes. Does it matter? I know. That's why I need more volume. Chris, uh, so you hit the gain? It's easiest. It's it's handiest to me. <laughs> Actually, I was using the board to record an organ recital um, on Sunday, so a lot of the a lot of the settings were a little tweaked. Uh-huh. It was good. It was good. Our summer organist intern, Anna, went home. She's an avid. She's a huge God Whispers fan. I'll pray for her. Yeah. Did you ever get her over to Concordia Irvine? Never did. Oh, man. Never, never did. Went over they to got Cat- a great organ. Got over, over to Catalina though. We uh, hung out in Catalina, did a little uh, snorkeling. At really? The, uh, snorkeled the uh, the dive park. Did you dive with the uh, blue sharks and stuff. Uh, saw a big manta ray. Yeah, those are fun. And uh, kind of uh, the best snorkeling <laughs> is along the rocks. That's where all the the kelp stuff is, and that's so very very good. Actually, probably saw as much wildlife as I do scuba. Oh, that's not and, bad. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's been about an hour, hour and a half in the water. Kind of. So how was the water? Was it cold? Water's warm. It's warm. It was warm. I was I was warm in my wetsuit. Now, when you say warm, what, what are you talking like sixty five? About sixty eight, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah see. And uh, seven mil lined wetsuit. I was a uh, little. I, I could have been cooler. Keep you toasty. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we got a lot of lot of reaction from the uh, Wurlitzer edition, uh, mostly negative, which we love, and <laughs> so that. <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of passed on the word to uh, the official GW organist, Chris Lemker, and said, uh, can you help us out? You know, I mean, we, we really, it, it's one thing to download uh, iTunes, Wurlitzer music, but uh, we, we'd really like some original compositions. And so so he has put together uh, just a lovely collection of uh, hymn stylings. Just lovely. <laughs> yeah, they, they really are. So we're going to be uh, we're going to be previewing one of them probably the the next half hour. I, I'm I'm guessing not not this one but the next. So I'm I'm building up some anticipation, some tension, some plot line of too. some sort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, apparently the the reaction was quite negative to the the Wurlitzer. I mean, excellent. People were talking about their ears bleeding and uh, their wives screaming to turn it off and stuff and. Uh, I, I would consider it pretty much a success. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, I need your opinion on something. This yeah. is unrelated to anything to Wurlitzer we're talking music. about. There's been a debate in my house. Am I a big lummox or a big galoot? Um, hmm. I vote galoot. See, that's what I was saying, but Paula's thinking lummox. Lummox, no, 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 no. I, I, I view lummox. Well, we could, we could, we could kind of, uh, we could do a, a search on this. You know, maybe I should just put it on Facebook as a survey. Is well, yeah, but see, then people will start adding stuff, and you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> It's nice. just, you know, yeah. I mean, that says it all right it's there. It's good for everything. It? You know, that could become the new GW theme song. No, we can't replace <laughs> Jesus as a friend Oh, no, of no, mine. no, not that. Uh, I want to put in a couple of plugs, though. First of all, the, Lemker was the originator of the, the Jesus is a friend of mine ringtones, yes. two of them. Yeah. Uh, and if I could figure out how to get them on my phone, I would have them on my phone, but I can't figure out how to do ringtones. I just need to download them again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have to have a data plan to do that? I don't know since I do have one. I oh, don't you have to know. be able to text. I don't have. I don't even have text on my phone. My phone is just phone. Um, because I've got a Droid. Yeah. Uh, the way that mine's set up is any music that I put on MP3 file 
with a little you can make into a ringtone. With, yeah, with a little program on the side, I can turn it into a ringtone. Oh, it's, it has an app for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the other thing is, and this is a genuine plug. Uh, uh, Chris has an interesting service that I've been uh, exploring. I'm oh, doing. Oh, yeah, some, you were showing that. I'm to doing me. some beta testing for the iPad on this, <clears> but it's it's called the Virtual Organist. And uh, here's the deal, you know, if you if your organist kind of runs out on you, uh, you, you know how organists. Well, you're married to one, yeah. so if, if she you, could run out if, on me, if your organist now. runs you out know. on you, you're in a world of hurt. But I'll, but I mean, I'll be more sad than most pastors <laughs> yeah, if that happens. Well, you sleep with your organist, but but um, and, who doesn't? And, and, really? le- and legitimately so. <laughs> but but the. Um, that's like my wife always always likes to say she sleeps with her pastor. It's just wrong. You know, my wife, dear sweet girl that she is, is as warped as I am. Disturbing yet compelling. Yeah, too much. You know, twenty some years together. This is what happens. But but anyway, hey, uh, I've, but, got, I've got my Skype open, and Al Culver just came online. I, uh, we could call him for <laughs> just, no good just reason. To see what's up. Yeah. <laughs> But but uh, Chris does a thing called the virtual organist, and uh, what it is, it's a service where you know if you're if you don't have an organist, uh, he basically is your organist remote via via MIDI. So it's a MIDI hookup to uh, your organ. Obviously, your organ has to have a MIDI uh, interface. And I'm testing out the, bait, the, uh, the the iPad version of this. It's an iPad app. So you download. You tell him what you want, what hymns, what liturgy. They put to, He puts together a package and sends it to you. So you have someone in the back just kind of hit and play. As yeah, so you just have to have yeah, – you I think George Borkhardt does that. And his kid uh, hits, does the on-off thing. Does he pay the kid? Uh, no. Should. No, it's just child sweat labor. Church musician. They should be paid. No. The pressing play is music. Pays pays him in 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 Mike and Ike Skittles. Mike and Ike's. <laughs> so uh, anyway, anyway, the the uh, but it, it's really outstanding. Now we have to work out a few little issues yet with our particular organ. But I was amazed. I mean, I, we just plug that sucker in, press play, and you know, out comes five stanzas with variations and uh, all kinds of stuff. So I don't know how much he charges per week, but it's a lot cheaper than a sub hmm. a sub organist. <clears throat> <coughs> Shouldn't have eaten those peanuts. You okay over there? Yeah. Anaphylactic my... shock? No. It... <laughs> you just love that. You're loving it. It phrases out really nicely. You know, you can, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it provides just the right little interlude that you need some time to get back on track. But anyway, um, I just want to put a put a note out for that and uh, and say that uh, we'll, we'll get you some more information on how you can uh, tap into Chris's uh, organ services, and then you too can hear stuff like this in your congregation. Who doesn't you know, want to hear that in their church? You really? know, let, let's face it: if if you had that on Sunday morning, there'd be no need for contemporary worship. <laughs> There wouldn't be anyone left in worship. I'd be there. What is that? How you finish communion? That... <laughs> Depart in peace. <laughs> Go enjoy. I think it'd make a great uh, postlude. No, a uh, uh, recessional hymn. <laughs> I don't know. This this lends itself too much to clown ministry for my liking. <laughs> kind of a clown parade on the way out of church. <laughs> uh, How, how's, 
your clown ministry going these days, Man. anyway? Well, we we have a soundtrack for it now. <laughs> building, it's building. I'm almost. I, I'm. I'm really excited about these these de- devout devout deprecations, these devout deviations, these devout uh, desecrations, yes. defecations. <laughs> It'll, Since we're working on this will, these today, this will de- this will develop over time. But, <laughs> but I, I think that coupled with the 24 second Bible study, and we're into solid gold. <clears throat> We haven't done a 24-second Bible study in a while. We may have to. Maybe on the second half we'll have to okay, roll we can one do that. out. Yeah, in fact, I have a topic for one from the mailbag. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, do you want to do the uh, Skype call? The Skype call? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, uh, what do you got on Skype? Well, attention. The following segment contains a alert. Attention. The following segment contains a home schooler alert. Attention. The following segment contains you know. homeschooler alert. After okay, the- homeschoolers, gather around the radio. It's sex ed time again. <laughs> yeah, after that last one we did, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing my, my webmaster saying, how do we get a mature content uh, post on one of our episodes? And he goes, what you guys talk about? <laughs> Well, it's the same caller, and he's back oh, for no, more. Oh, no, no. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's get on just, with this. Just uh, not happy with the last episode. He's hide got the a- children or those who want to educate oh. them about deviancy. Oh, uh, oh. Gather them around the glow no, of the radio. Seriously, not. And, uh, you ready? <sighs> Here we go. In theory. Hi. Uh, just one little thing to add. Um, <laughs> this kind of seems like the, the Pharisees of the the, uh, the Torah. You know, uh, we have the law. And then we need to have every little detail of the law extrapolated and explained to know exactly when we're doing what's right and when we're doing what's wrong. Uh, Or or already off reference, you know. Um, Anyway, uh, I remember hearing in uh, Sunday school that there was a rule that uh, you you could walk through a field and pick the grapes or or whatever. That's fine as long as you didn't bring a bucket. So, you know, the Pharisees would say, well, okay, the bucket, a bucket but... is approximately 32 grapes. If, if it's under 32, you're fine. If it's over 32 and over, you know. So uh, just drawing grapes and buckets. fine distinctions when it doesn't, <sighs> I don't know. I think you guys get my point. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> What the heck was he? Are, are you paying about? this guy to call in? Is that what's going on here? You can't. You can't arrange anything better than that. Oh, um, look. Wait a the minute. The deal is this. Wait, 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 wait. I, I, I think, I think I can shed some light. On this. The, the deal is this. I'm Italian. We invented romance. Oh, we invented sex. Man, man. Uh, Swirl is from Northern Europe. They <laughs> they have to do everything with the lights off. <clears throat> so I, I'm telling you, do what you want as long as you and your wife are in agreement, and uh, we don't want to know about it. That's kind of <laughs> I'm very libertarian in these oh, matters. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Pharisees, buckets, grapes, and. Uh, this this seems to coincide with an email on the same. Now I don't know if it's the same guy or not, but 
dear reverends of irreverent religiosity. That would be us. I really enjoy your chaos every week. <laughs> well, it aids in attaining my ADD fix when I listen. It's not really chaos. It's just the ma- – well, it is chaos. You, but you, we, we, we just don't prepare anything. Here's the – you drive my wife insane. Excellent. That's job right. well done. Our, Check that Our work out. is done there. And make her want to rupture her eardrums with a pencil. Beautiful. Mm. As well she should. But keep up the good work, he said. <laughs> See now, then I get a, a parentheses replaced asterisked word as you wish for discussion. Okay. Oh, okay. There it is. But no. All right. Frankly speaking, your discussion concerning tootsie fruity with the within the confines Craig, of marriage, as Craig Ferguson would say, troubled me particularly. D'Onofrio's stance. Yeah. Well, you know. Now was he? It was. Was he your stance or what? What was it? <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> If I understand him, he saw me doing yoga. Apparently, I'm not sure that would disturb me. Um, If I understood him rightly, he basically stated that anything goes in marriage. Did you say that anything goes? in Well, I said as long as it doesn't leave a mark, or you know, as long as everyone's (laughs) consenting and you're, uh, you you know, and no one's being hurt. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this and then we'll we'll get to Swirla's response about the purpose of the gift of sex within the confines of marriage was very good. Oh, he liked that. Obviously, a Northern European. I would, however, like to hear what D'Onofrio's take on the explanation of the Sixth Commandment is when it reads that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do. What is sexually pure and decent about Tootsie Fruity? Um, (laughs) Also, is not Tootsie Fruity a sin against creation and the way God created man? Sexuality was a gift given to us from our Heavenly Father, right? Does our fallen flesh, within the vocation of holy matrimony, permit us to justify an action that perverts what God has given us? And does not knowing your spouse reflect the sacrificial and self-giving nature of God, which is love? Does not the act of automatically turn us inward to our own sinful self-centered passions? If this is a sin, then impenitence is to be disciplined, right? Just some questions. Um, Thank you. You know, if you're not comfortable with it, just stay away from it. That's that's, well, that's my whole thing. Let, let me let me elevate the discussion to okay. a different plane. All right, different plane. Um, and that is, and this is more this is more of an ethical kind of principle. Yeah. Um, it, it is. Are you saying that as long as it's within the confines of marriage and all parties consent to it, then it's okay? Well, as long as you're not involving a third person, a dwarf, a goat, uh, (laughs) a chihuahua. I I, I said within the confines. Right. So that was that was that was anticipated. Yeah. Yes. Third third parties are are excluded. You know what? You can videotape it too. Just don't distribute it. Don't put it on the internet. We don't want to see it. We're in danger of yet another mature content. God whispers here. This, this is. I can see. I can see the problems developing even as we speak. So, but I mean, is that is that is that? Um, so so does does that which may be intrinsically immoral become moral just by being within the confines of marriage? Well, how is it intrinsically immoral? If a specific act, say, were forbidden in the scriptures, which I believe it is. 
is in this particular case. I would like to see some text to back that up, sir. Uh, I can. I mean, I, I can deliver those texts. I mean, outside of the context of homosexuality. No, see, the problem is... is so, it, so heterosexual acts that homosexuals can do are therefore sinful. Not, because, I'm not saying that... In, so holding hands, kissing... No, I'm not saying... Uh, that's, calling each other on the phone, no, saying I love you, no, no, it's not, uh, it's snuggling, um, going out to dinner, watching a movie. <clears throat> not what I'm saying. Texting. Um, however, the two passages where, where the term... Is trans that or the term that you refer to as tutti frutti is is <laughs> which you know you can say it in Greek because nobody knows what you're talking about and that is that is um, uh, the the noun would be arsenicoetai arsenicoetai emphasis on the arse well the that would be male yeah. Um, arsenicoatase is the is a, and we get coatus from that. Yes, um, but that's to lie with. Um, now, it normally refers to a same-sex situation, right? However, there are there's <clears throat> there are some examples later after the Bible. I have to say this after the scriptures um, that refer use that same noun. To refer to an activity between a married couple, between husbands and wives. See, and, and that's why I'm, I'm going back and asking, uh, do we rightly translate that in terms of So you're, you're going to translate scriptures by like uh, Josephus or something there? Is that what you're saying? Um, well, Josephus would be contemporary with the scriptures. Uh, and, and well, I'm, I'm just saying something extra biblical. Well, we always do. I mean, when you have that term only appears twice in the New Testament from the same author in the same context. We're, we're going to have to get a decision on this from the Pope since he can speak ex cathedra. I think. <laughs> but that's a that's a general. I mean, that's that's an interesting um, translation interpretation uh, point. Is how do you how do you arrive at meanings of words where you only have um, one or two isolated instances in the New Testament? Uh, right now, here I'm staring at BDAG, which is the kind of the classic text, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which collects not only uh, the biblical data but also the data from the first few centuries. Assuming you know the, the language is fairly stable, so these words mean what they mean for a long time. Um, you know, the, if you break it out, uh, our saying is male and coite is bed, or you know, so to lie with a male. Um, most people see it as a compound verb that goes back to Leviticus twenty thirteen. Okay. okay, that that forbids that forbids specifically that a male not lie with a male as with a as with a female. Yeah, but it's I I don't think that it's talking necessarily about the specific act, but who you are doing the specific act with. Yeah, and and see that's really the question, and 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 so so here the question is: Does it refer to? Um, the context or the action itself. It is known amongst the Stoics, and the Stoics are, are, are very negative toward it. Of course, the Epicureans couldn't care less. Right. The, the Epicureans actually would take, take kind they, of your perspective. They kind of encouraged it. Yeah. Oh, the Epicureans, it's like whatever goes. Um, but uh, but they, were also, they were also the first atheists. <laughs> so <laughs> that really doesn't kind I'm, of fly. I'm pretty much an agnostic until I get caffeine in the morning. So maybe maybe that is kind of close. 
Now, I, I will say this, that, that that take that this is not, uh, strictly speaking, um, about homosexuality um, is the, the data for that comes from John Boswell's uh, study, The New Testament and Homosexuality. Wasn't he gay? Yes. And so, so there's always, but, but I mean, he actually did, the, this, this book is, is, is quite an interesting book in terms of doing sort of the big historical number on, on how uh, homosexuality has been viewed uh, throughout the centuries. Now, you know, there's always that charge of special pleading, but let's face it, I mean, even if he's not gay, there's going to be a charge of special pleading if you're against it. See, so, I mean, it's, it's the, the question is, is, is he objective with respect to the data? But uh, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting kind of additional use of that word beyond what is normally used by translators to refer to um, <laughs> homosexual uh, <laughs> behavior. Ah, see, we're I mean we're already we're we're going we're <clears throat> we're going into the mature content thing once again. <sighs> well, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> That comes in handy, you know. No more feral <laughs> yeah, well, that's our word on that. So, so you know, getting back to this, um, if something is is would be considered intrinsically immoral, let's keep it at the abstract conceptual. Okay, level. let's uh, murder. No, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> Genocide. Well. well I suppose murder. Hmm. Uh, see, there the idea, but but see, there's there, there's a difference between murder and killing. Taxation I, without representation. I, I was going to say that that you know, are, can you argue that there's a time, there's a context where murder is actually permissible? But but see, you'd be stretching definitions because there's a difference in the scriptures between murder and killing. Murder right. is unauthorized killing. Right. You can argue, as Luther does under the fourth commandment and and also the 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 fifth. That um, that there are contexts and vocations where killing is that's part of your work, right? The hangman, the soldier, that kind of thing. Um, but that's that's but but his conception of murder there is unauthorized killing. You don't have the authority to take life, and you do. So the analogy is not really that good. The, the question again is: Is marriage such an arena? Is it such a, 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 a fenced-in playground, if you will, that there are no rules inside of that playground? That anything goes. The only rule being, uh, as you put it, nobody gets hurt, or you know, everybody consents. Or is there actually are are there actually rules governing the the conduct of the couple as couple? Okay, I'm I'm not sure where you're going with this though. See, and I would say that there there are. I I, I would say that no, not everything goes in marriage. Even if even if everybody thinks it's it's just a just a just a great idea. Like I mean. Aside from the tootsie fruitsy, what would you? Uh... <laughs> I don't want to enumerate. No, I mean, I mean, just an example. I'm not, I'm not asking for a list. I'm just. Well, I mean, even an example. I, I just, I, I really don't. I'm, I want to stay on the so general. So it's hyperbole, is what the, you're saying. I want to stay on the you're general. Just being hyperbolic. I want to stay on the general, general topic here, and that is, that is, if something is, is, is immoral. I mean, obviously. Sexual intercourse is is moral, licit, holy, and everything else inside of marriage. Right, right. And and can we responsibly, categorically say that just across the board? 
I, I, I think so. I, I, I'm not really sure that I'm tracking with you. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, th- I think we've pretty much run this thing out here. Um, so I, I think we're going to agree to disagree on this one. Yeah, I think so. That that uh, now now see your 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 caller. Your Skype My caller. caller. Yeah, he's yours. <laughs> Thanks. I, I, I really don't want anything to do with him. Um, we need to take a break. And uh, I'm going out with this. Are you a man of good character where women are concerned? Have you ever met a man of good character where women are concerned? <laughs> well, I haven't. I find the moment I let a woman makes friends with me, she becomes jealous, exacting, suspicious, and a damn nuisance. And I find the moment that I make friends with a woman, I become selfish and tyrannical. So here I am, a confirmed old bachelor, and likely to remain so. Well, after all, Pickering, I'm an ordinary man who desires nothing more than just an ordinary chance to live exactly as he likes and do precisely what he wants. An average man of mine, of no eccentric whim, who likes to live his life free of strife, Doing whatever he thinks is best for him. For just an ordinary man. But let a woman in your life, and your serenity is through. She'll redecorate your home from the cellar to the dome, then go on to the enthralling fun of overhauling you. Let a woman in your life, and you're up against a wall. Make a plan and you will find she has something else in mind. And so rather than do either, you do something else that neither likes at all. If you want to talk of Keats or Back to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. With a mouthful. I am. And I'm Bill Swirlo. You know, I was trying to be quiet with the music, and I'm reaching into the bag of trail mix, and then I just said, forget it. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> going for it. So, well, I, I'm just owning it. I'm owning it. Let's see. Back to the mailbag. <laughs> uh, props again to Jason Kaspar, or Casper, however he says his name. For that uh, great audio clip on uh, I Love Bacon, mm-hmm. set to the Kyrie of TLH, page 15. Glorious. Uh, promises more. I, I told him that uh, he might want to uh, contribute some of his own hymn stylings. Wow. <laughs> we're we're going to take over the whole uh, uh, timeout slot there I, as far as... Uh, 
I understand that. About him well, yeah, him. that's right. And I understand that uh, our friend Brian Yamabi up in the uh, Bay Area is working on a songified uh, Joel Osteen at the mo- moment. So that should be good. Beautiful. Um, I have the app. I've kind of played with it a little bit, but I uh, haven't quite perfected the art yet. So um, Is that available on the Mac or just on the iPad? Just on the iPad. <clears throat> you know, it's it's getting to be a shame that you can do more with your iPad Pretty much. than your computer. Uh, Billy writes uh, on the uh, on episode 152 entitled Prayer and the Mighty Wurlitzer. <laughs> Uh, though I disagree with some things in Love Wins, that's Rob Bell's book. The book itself agrees with what Craig argues about hell. So you and Rob Bell in the same... Jeez, uh, I same. better just quit the ministry. I'm screwing people up. It bothered me to hear the name calling by someone who hadn't read it. Is this Ted? Did Ted write this? No. Oh. No. It wasn't Ted? Ted. Ted. I'm not going into last name. Okay, names, yeah. Our Ted? Yeah. Ted wouldn't write that. He, he kind of argued it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He did, yeah. Yep. The main issue Love Wins presents to historical theology is its implications. I, this is a subject predicate disagreement there. Yeah. It could be are its implications. No, main issue is its implications that there is the possibility of conversion after death. I said that? Well, he says that's the main issue in Love Wins, the possibility. What what did I say that agrees with, with I don't, Bell? I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to read that piece of junk. I'm, I'm, uh, well, you, now, see there. This is what he's talking about. It's a piece of junk, and you haven't read it. I'm not going to read that piece of junk by that freakazoid, but, you an, know. That's just... an, uh, an a priori conclusion. <laughs> no, it's an informed conclusion based on what many people that I respect have said about it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I looked at Amazon. Okay, this is what people are writing. Yeah, and um, I mean, you know, the the possibility. You know, a guy named Sanders wrote about this too. Is he a colonel? No, no, oh. evangelical. And uh, he could be a colonel evangelical. No, he's just an evangelical. Mm-hmm. I forgot his first name. But the book is about what about those who have never heard. Uh, <clears throat> this is long before Rob Bell. Maybe, ever maybe this is scene. where I've gotten into trouble here, is because I once talked about. What some Eastern Orthodox believe that the uh, the place of the dead oh, is, with the is a descent, holding tank. The descent into hell? And Jesus' descent into hell is an eschatological event, so somehow Jesus is there proclaiming his victory to those who have never heard it. There are, I didn't say I actually believe this. Yeah, now Peter says those who disobeyed in the time of Noah, right. which is a little bit different than those who haven't heard. I Whatever. I'm, I'm just I'm just given the the brief rundown on what I've been told about the Eastern Orthodox belief on this by some Eastern Orthodox, uh-huh. and uh, I said I like the idea, but I'm never going to teach that as fact. Just saying. So maybe maybe that was uh, overstated. You think? What do you think of this idea of 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 the possibility of conversion after death? It's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. Hebrews. Yeah. Whatever. I, what, 12? Something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I mean, that's about rich, the only... Rich man and Lazarus. There you go. Not uh, not, not any hint of uh, sort of a, a second gimme, a, a mulligan for the rich man. Uh, he's kind of stuck in Hades, which is which apparently, if you kind of harmonize everything together, Hades is kind of a holding pen for Gehenna. Right. But uh, there's the, oh, this, this business of great chasm. 
<laughs> you know, right. and uh, us not going there and they not coming here. Um, and his burden is his brothers who are still alive. If there's that possibility of conversion after death, what's the big agony about sending somebody to my brothers so that they don't wind up in this place? I don't know. No, that's what I'm, I'm just asking that rhetorically. That that uh, I find I would find it very difficult in the scriptures to find a justification for uh, kind of the big second chance. You know, if you right. kind of blew it in this life. You know, people argue that that would be the end of all mission work. It's better off that they not hear at all. Well, yeah, that's some Calvinists have made that argument. That why would a Calvinist make that? Well, argument? because double predestination. Is people just weren't elect in the first place? No, so. but but that, then it doesn't matter, right? That's what I, I thought. That's what you were saying. No, what I'm saying is that if if rejection is the only thing that gets you out, oh, then it's better that you don't have an opportunity to reject. Yeah, You're better off never ignorance hearing. is bliss, kind of thing. You know, right? It, There's that whole problem of uh, although, sin, though, as you mentioned, Hebrews. I mean, Hebrews actually sort of says in so many terms that that uh, that if you have heard, then you're really in a pickle if you reject. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the Bible is silent about those who've not heard. You know, my favorite example, Chang. You know, somewhere, oh, yeah, good old Chang. somewhere in Hong Kong, 30 AD. You know, Jesus has died for him. Jesus is Mongolian. Don't, well, whatever he is. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the Apostolic Power and Light Company haven't made it his way. They won't make it his way for centuries. You know, and, and, and I, think, I think, to be fair, I think Rob Bell asks that very hard question that, that we just don't really have a decent answer for. Now, that's kind of the problem. If you make a career out of asking questions that people don't have answers for, uh, it really doesn't, doesn't do any good. Or doing, as some of our systematicians have done, uh, answering questions that there is no biblical answer for also. Well, I mean, that, that's... Like the peccability of Christ. Yeah, yeah. It's, but the, it's just a dumb question in the first place. You have, you have a number of things. You know, the, the issue of why is there a hell if God is love? Well, yeah. And, and you know, the Lutheran understanding is that is both law and gospel. God is love. That, that, is, that is an intrinsic property of God. God, God, God is not wrath. That's his opus alienum, his alien work, his foreign work. It's it's alien to who he is, but but that's his response to to sin and the transgression of his law. There must be a death. So yeah, so there's 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 that kind of that flip side. Well, I always like to point out to these people that ask that that sort of question is what kind of a loving God would force you to spend eternity with him when you clearly hate him. That's not love. Yeah, you've mentioned For, forcing you, you to live with you, me. You mentioned that before too, and and uh, and and that certainly that certainly makes sense. I, it seems like like the Rob Bell solution is that when you encounter divine love in its unattenuated fullness, that you won't want to not be there. I don't know. I haven't been there, so yeah. I can't say. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, our our buddy Capon <laughs> does the same thing, really. Well, I, Close of I the day. look. I've never said Capon is a conservative. <laughs> Close of the day. I've always said to read him with a discerning eye. You, you know, he's got you know, some great stuff to say. I, I, he's I am also got some really weird stuff to I, say. I am convicted here by by our listener who says that that he was bothered to hear. Now, I don't remember calling anybody any names, but let's not quibble. Um, that critiquing books that we haven't read. So we should read Love Wins and 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 talk about it. On it's, the air, we'll just read it. No, not read it on the Maybe air. You get the audio book. We'll just play clips. I know. I, I, I'm talking about. It's an easy read. It's really, really thin. Does it have any pictures? Uh, no pictures. 
I can't read Big it. print. Well, big print might help. Yeah. Well, you I, mean, how, how are your eyes, by the way? Uh, you know, drugs are wonderful. We prayed for your eyes. Well, thank you. My eyes. No, we did on the air in our uh, our uh, um, collect show. Oh, how nice. Did it work? Yeah, I think so because the pressure is back down. There you kinda go. Kind of upper range of normal, but uh, back down. That's, I actually that's uh, pretty good. Can have a cigar now if I want. So that's good. <laughs> I can have a cigar. <laughs> there, he's healed. Can you see? <laughs> Uh, you know what? A lot of the blurriness was is the the eye drops that I was using for the glaucoma dry your eyes out. Oh, yeah. It was actually the dry eye that was causing the blurriness, not the glaucoma. Hmm. Who knew? Well, the doctor knew. That's when he, he told knew. me to use more moisturizing he, drops. He, he, d- he did know. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the liturgy a little bit. Uh, Please. I, I think it would be good. We, you know, we've, we've talked about uh, him Tutti and praise. Frutti. We talked about the Kyrie. We <laughs> talked about that. Okay, check, check, check. Uh, last time that we met, we talked about the colic form, five parts. Remember what the five parts are? Oh, the colic. Yeah, the colic. Uh, there's a salutation. Address. Yeah. Uh, salutation is how you greet the people. Or God. No. Whatever. Address. What's God's address? Basis. Z. Petition. Outcome. Doxology and amen. Five parts. Yeah, I just know how to do it. I don't just, know the names well, of you every gotta, part. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't categorize. It's my like ISTP you. personality. You Calvinist. Categories. I, uh, no. It's no, just, your just categories. I deconstruct. It's my thing. Deconstruct. So we go, we, we go from that to the readings. The readings. And I think we kind of touched on it last time. Uh, Three-year, one-year? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a three-year guy. Yeah, so am I. So but I, I recognize that's... liberty in the gospel to do one year whenever you want. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> he, he dabbles in the one year. I dabble. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, they had a great idea. Got with, a problem with that? The, no. They had, they had a great idea with LSB um, that they were actually proposing uh, one of the early drafts of the lecture was a three-year summer non-festival lectionary, but a one-year festival lectionary. So in other words, from Advent through Pentecost or Trinity uh, would be a one-year, so that you you hear the same thing over and over. Because let's face it, the Pentecost lectionary in the three-year series is a disaster. And is two out of of three years, you don't even get the point of Pentecost. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm sorry, but but four weeks in John 6 is three weeks too many, as far as I'm concerned. You can get this over in a week, but, uh, you know, they, they have like... Four or five, this 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 long riff in John six in the three year series, uh, but I, I kind of like that idea, but that didn't get any traction from anybody. So, I like the variety of the three year. Simply just gives you more to preach on. I, I like the variety too. I I have made the conclusion. I'm going to say it here on air that I believe that I can tell the difference between a one year preacher and a three year preacher uh, by just listening to any arbitrary sermon. Okay, how so? Because I believe that that preaching the one-year series, you have to preach, you're under a lot of pressure to preach different sermons every year on exactly the same mm-hmm. text. Yeah. And I believe that it lends toward a practice of using the text as a pretext for something else. Yeah, 
Yeah, you you end up doing topical sermons yes, off of it. A lot yeah. of a lot of doctrinal sermons, mm-hmm. but doctrine is topic, right? Um, uh, or you 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 kind of use a word or a phrase as a springboard to another passage, so you can actually develop a sermon that's different from last year's. Whereas I believe <laughs> I and I'm I'm just hanging this out there. The three year preachers tend to be more textual. Interesting, because I think we can afford to repeat ourselves. You know, in, every in the, three years. Yeah, in the three-year cycle, I don't know how it is with you, but most of my members have left. <laughs> so I got a whole new, I got a whole new raft of members, <laughs> and the ones that are still around, you know, they haven't, they have, they don't remember what I said three years ago. Anyway, well, I'll, I'll confess, there are times where I go back and just rework a sermon from three years ago and kind of overhaul it, mm-hmm. and it's quite different by the time I'm done overhauling it. But the the Basics are there still, so it's, well even you, you know, know the textual work and everything's done. Even if I even if I didn't have any notes, manuscript, anything from three years ago, I still rework it in my own head. I mean, right. I, I've yeah. I've written just from scratch. Just go back to the Always original the same thing. sermon, and you go and you look, yeah. and and three years ago, six years ago, now nine years ago, same sermon, yeah. And and I didn't even look at what came before because it just evokes the same thing all the time. But I'm going to go out on a limb that says that that um, I think that one year guys uh, probably will because they have the resources, they'll quote more Luther and they'll quote more church fathers and things like that. Mm. But they're going to they're going to be using the text more as pretext. Whereas the three-year three-year preachers are going to be more, uh, I don't know, if for lack of a better term, it's more of a Nagelian kind of sermon, a narrative sermon that that weaves the point in the text, very textual kind mm-hmm. of thing, following mm-hmm. the contours of the text. I may be wrong here, but I think that if you if if we did a double-blind study, random text, I could tell you which preacher was one year or three year by the style. Now. Do you know of anyone who does a four-year lectionary where you do the three-year lectionary and then the one-year lectionary afterwards? But see, that, that, that could be fun. But, no, but that defeats the purpose of the one year. The, the philosophy of the one year is you, you hear the same readings on the same liturgical Sunday year in and year out. It, it develops a kind of a deep learning of certain texts. Hmm. Hmm. And so, so, no, I would say that all you've done there is you've concocted a four-year cycle. I haven't done it, but I, I I'm just thinking out of the box. I wouldn't. You know? I wouldn't recommend it, other than to sample what the what the one year lectionary is like as a lectionary. But it, I think it defeats the purpose of the annual recitation of the same text now, on given liturgical Sunday. Like during the regular season, or uh, you know, during Pentecost, have you ever done a topical series or anything? No. The, the, you, you've never like preached on the catechism, or you know, no? I do that for midweek Lent, but not mm. not on a Sunday. Uh, the closest I would come is in the three year series. The epistle lesson is not tied always to the gospel, but it's it's sometimes a lectio continua that is a continuous reading from one book. That's true in the non festival part of the church year, mm-hmm. and so so you'll get these these um, you'll get like six weeks in Romans or eight weeks in Romans where you look and that each Sunday it's just frame by frame kind of going through Romans, skipping big chunks, yeah, but hitting 
I love Nagel used to always comment on the uh, what what happened to verses nine through thirty. Oh here, no, that, that, no, that's different. That's what I call Grandma's <laughs> keynote card. I, right. I, think, I think Robert Capon talks about that. He says you have a, a lectionary that looks like somebody bummed it off a of Grandma's yeah. Vegas keynote card. Yeah, it's chapter three, verses one through five, six through or eight through fourteen, uh, twenty-two through nineteen or thirty-nine, whatever. I'm just pulling numbers out. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm thinking more of, you know, you'll, you'll have Romans 1, Romans 2, something from Romans 4. And, and, and I've done that. I, I've looked for a good, a good series uh, during the, the post-Trinity Sunday, you know, the months of summer. And uh, I've done epistle sermons like that. Although I, I'm more and more getting to where Dr. David Scare was. I heard him say this. He, he said, basically, preach on the Gospels. You can't preach the Gospel from epistles. <laughs> And there's something to that. There's something unique about the literary genre of gospel as the, the, the very words and deeds of Jesus, as opposed to the inspired interpretation of, of the doctrine that flows from yeah, it. Yeah, usually with the epistles, you can go off on doctrinal topics. Yes, that's right. They're good for teaching. Yeah. Um, so I, I do that on occasion, especially when the gospels are very difficult. I'll kind of, you know, cop out and go with the epistle because it's easy here's a usually as long as we're on the topic of of the word and the sermon and, and i you know and kind of treating it as as a unit and by the way it, it comes straight out of the synagogue in the synagogue there was a reading from the torah followed by psalms a reading from the prophets followed by psalms a reading from the writings the ketavim followed by psalms and then a, a sermon by the rabbi so so the service of the word straight out of the first century synagogue you know, and and you know they didn't invent this service order. They 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 got it and tweaked it. So instead of Torah, we have gospel. Uh, instead of the prophets, we have the apostles. Instead of the writings, we have the Old Testament, which is kind of we're looking at in terms of prophecy and fulfillment. So it's 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 kind of a cool um, analogy to the synagogue service. But let let me ask you this question: reading and preaching, do you see a difference? I'm I'm I'm. Trying to uh, think of the pitfalls in how I answer this because well I, I don't trust you that's be, why because it's fashion <laughs> well it's fashionable in some circles even Reading liturgical and to, teaching. Ha- to have no preaching uh, I mean preaching that's what uh, it's fashionable in some circles to have lay readers even female oh, readers oh I see what you, yeah yeah no we call them lessons for a reason because th- they are instructive uh, and the pastoral office is that instructive office. Uh, but preaching is is proclamation. Um, I you know they they really are not a different thing. It's just it's just an explanation of the texts and the sermons and how the gospel applies. Yeah, see, I would I would say that you know you know how we sometimes have Doug the dog read read uh, emails or, yeah, right. or like Hans Feeney has those those uh, those Lutheran satire <clears throat> things where you have those synthesized voices, right? Um, unless you're talking about something like that, that's just simply that's the, that's that's what a machine would do with with language. But right. when you read, you're interpreting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and when you're interpreting scripture in the church, you're preaching. My my church in Rhode Island, I inherited lay readers of both sexes, and uh, there was one lady who read who was 
truly a fantastic reader. She was a real drama type and everything. And she'd get a lot of the inflection in. And then one of the elders would stand up and read and mispronounce every other word. And and then you'd have someone else that would stand up and read, and God was always in an angry voice. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I had to do the dramatic yeah, reading. Yeah, and, yes. and it was the angry voice of God. And i just sit there and go, why... Do I have to do this? A woman? These, yeah. Oh, so this is like God the angry mother. <laughs> exactly. This is, this, is, this is like God the school principal, you know? Yeah. Is, and, and I'm having sort of a bad flashback to fourth grade at this point. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and it was one of those things that I inherited, and it was, it, it was one of the battlefields that was not at the top of the priority of we really need to clean this up. Yeah, list, you know? I know what you mean. And uh, so you got to pick your, your wars carefully, and that was, that was a hill that I wasn't ready to die on at that point. Uh, and, but, but you really can kind of see such variety in how it's read. And sometimes people do an excellent job, but sometimes people just slaughter it too. Yeah. And it's not – you know, and the question is, is it given them to do that? You know, one of the verses that, that may or may not speak to this, I don't know, but First Timothy 4.13, Paul writes to Timothy, Till, Until I come, attend to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Mm-hmm. So these are the tasks that he lays out for Timothy. Now, Timothy is clearly a pastor in, right. in the sense yeah. of uh, he's not an apostle. He was not called by Christ. Uh, he was ordained. Paul... Whoa. Oh, yeah, I had to go and do that. Yeah, you're messing, messing around with the cords now. Um, yeah, I was just trying to get the microphone at a better the, angle. The, uh, the, 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 this public reading, anagnose, mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. This is, this is the same word that in the Revelation there's a blessing on the person, uh, on, those who, on, on he who reads, the reader of, of this blessing. That, let, me, let me see if I can find the exact... Um, Exact thing here. When, um, I, when I was learning my Greek, I always, for some reason, heard Baba Ganoush with that word. Baba Ganoush. Yeah. Blessed is he who reads aloud the words of the prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and who keep what is written therein, Revelation 1.3. This is not a blessing on somebody sitting in their easy chair reading the Bible, because they didn't, they didn't do that. <laughs> uh, this is a blessing upon the reader, the lector, the anagonostes. Mm-hmm. Uh, blessed is those, uh, blessed is he who reads aloud the words of the prophecy, presumably in the churches, and blessed are those who hear it. So a blessing on the reader and the hearer. Right. Um, but yeah, I would maintain the same that 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 I think that pr- that reading is just simply a special case of preaching. And, right. Yeah. And, and and it ought to be left to the pastoral office. I agree. And it also it gives you the opportunity if you have a quibble with the translation. Or you know, something needs to be emphasized, or you know, or, oh, uh, in Mark, let the reader understand. That's precisely a parenthetical note to the anagonostes to pay attention. You may have to explain this thing. Yeah, I always make a big stink about the Kai that doesn't exist in the uh, uh, Great Commission. Okay. And, and a lot of our translations, I think the NIV has that and. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them. That and doesn't appear in the Greek. And so that catechesis, that instruction, is a continuation of the baptism. Right. And and so, you know, when there's a gospel reading, and especially back when we use the NIV, before the reading, I'd always be sure to point this out. 
And I would even tell my people in the church, if you have an and in your Bible, you can feel free to scratch that out. <laughs> people be well, uh, you know. But Kai, Kai uses Kai is also used just just. I mean, there's there are no no punctuation marks. Yeah, but there is no Kai in the text. Is my point. Ah, okay. And yeah, some yeah, yeah. well-meaning Baptist translators threw that in there just to add confusion to the baptism and teaching thing. Yeah, I have the same thing with Acts two forty-two. They devoted themselves to the apostolic teaching to the fellowship, the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. And there is no, there is no, there's no and or anything between terms two and three. They're, they're the same term, the fellowship, which is the breaking of the bread. The right. communion, the, right. that is the breaking of the bread. Hey, before we run out of time, we really need to get to yes. one of our devout desecrations, the first. Oh, no, we're back. The first. Back to the limkers. Yes. Um, you know, I, I hate to, uh, yeah, we, have, we have enough time for this. Uh, we'll, we're going to do, um, let's see, yes. Three minutes, brace yourself, folks. Here we go. So this is, this is Chris Lemker at the console, the mighty GW... Wurlitzer. Swirl is breaking out his red cape. D'Onofrio's got a rose in his teeth. Nice waistcoat. <laughs> Did you do all that uh, dazzling, bedazzling stuff yourself on that one? Absolutely. Here we go. Nice tango there. <laughs> ah, yes, how great that worked. <laughs> All skate, all skate, all tango. (laughs) There will be an album. Isn't it soothing? Just soothing. I want this at my funeral. And lay your body out amongst the uh, the buffet, and uh, put some potato salad next to your head. Yeah. <laughs> big finish, big finish. Which brings us to our next topic: the hymn of the day. Chris Lemker. <laughs> At the mighty G.W. Wurlitzer. We'll get into the hymn of the day next time. Hey, we need a little filler here for about, uh, oh, 20 seconds or so. You, you, you have anything over there for filler or anything? Filler? Uh, well, position of the creed. Uh, be, after the readings or after Standing the sermon? Standing up or sitting no, down? No, 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 no. Just, just after the readings, after oh, the sermon. Oh, depending on the service. Okay. And the implications of that? Um, never really thought about the position of it and implications. Yeah, there's always uh, implications with position, as you well know. (laughs) Uh, After the readings, it's kind of the summary of the scriptures from the church. All right. After after the sermon, it's kind of the the congregation's response to the word preached and heard. If you say so. We'll see you next time. I do. Okay. 
You just have to have the last word, don't you? Always. See? Yeah, you're pretty much right. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that. He's one who will never leave you flat. Bump, bump. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I like the boing boing that comes boing, in there. Boing. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus oh, the is boing. a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He taught me how to pray and how to save my soul. How he to taught me how to soul. raise my God and still play rock and roll. Amen. The music may sound different, but the message is the same. It's just an instrument to praise his name. Tutti Frutti. Did you roll that R? Here it comes. Jesus is a friend of mine. Friend of mine. Bass solo.